Thank you for listening to the South Metro Ministries podcast. We hope it's been a blessing to you wherever you are. For more information about South Metro Ministries, please visit smmcog.com. I told Kimberly um, as we kind of begin to see how the opportunity would come about for Pastor Jeff and I to alternate this pulpit responsibilities, that it would be probably my direction to preach something that I've preached before. Um, bringing a word to the a level and magnitude like Pastor Allen does, it's not an easy task. It's a challenge. And so knowing that um, just because he is away doesn't mean that our other responsibilities get lifted, but now we have the added responsibility. And so I told her, I said, I'll probably preach some things that I've done in the past so that everybody will love me. They'll pat me on the back. They'll say, you did a great job, and we'll be on our way. And sure enough, if the Holy Spirit didn't convict my heart on Tuesday during a powerful anointed prayer service during our staff meeting, when God began to deal with my heart about the direction of this service and about the word that God would want us to spend some time looking at and going in that direction today. And so uh, here's what I want you to know is that as a body of believers, as the church of God, and as individual Christians, you and I are in a war. We're in a battle. So this morning, I want to talk to you on this title, exousia. It is the Greek word for our power and authority. And I want our direction and our time together to be so much that we understand that in the name of Jesus, the devil has to flee. Let us pray. Father God, we welcome you in this house this morning. We invite you here to do what only you can do. We ask you, Jesus, to have your way. May you be glorified and you be lifted up. May you allow the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I need you to be my rock and my strength and my redeemer. I pray for a thick anointing of the Holy Ghost in this house. Not just an anointing on my life, but may you anoint the ears and the minds and the hearts of your people so that God's word may penetrate to their innermost and may they be transformed. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Amen and amen. Look at somebody and tell them we are in a war. First Peter chapter 5 verse number 8. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture to so many of us. The Bible says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. This great enemy we know to be the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, church, this enemy that you and I are battling against, this enemy that you and I are at war against, this enemy that you and I are fighting against is not this commercialized Satan that this world has painted a picture of for you to think this is the boogeyman with his cute little red cape and a pitchfork and red horns to serve as his ears. No, no, no. 
This is not the enemy that you and I are up against. We are up against a strong, powerful, spiritual force of darkness that has one purpose and one plan, and that is to devour you, to destroy you. We have this church and these body of believers that along the way we have decided to sit down and play patty cake with the devil instead of taking our proper place of position when it comes to power and authority and rebuke the devil. Uh, Zechariah paints for us a much clearer picture as to who this enemy is, who the devil really is. If you have your scripture, you can go to uh, Ezekiel, rather, chapter 28. Beginning in verse number 12, the Bible says this, you'll see it on the screen, talking about Satan. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold, and on the day you were created, they were prepared. Verse 14, and underline this in your scriptures, but you were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created until wickedness was found in you. Verse 16, through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the Mount of God and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. And so I threw you down to the earth. I made you a spectacle before your kings by your many sins and dishonest trade. You have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made fire come out from you and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all of those who we're watching. You need to understand that originally Satan, your enemy, the one that you're fighting against was the anointed cherub that literally covered the very throne of God. Reading through this description that Ezekiel painted for us, you see that all of the precious stones that has ever been created are a covering of his gold, emerald, jasper, and so on. In this description, we see that the enemy was full of wisdom and he was full of beauty, but it was his pride that got in the way. His pride lifted up his self-worth and he became unrighteous before God. I don't know if you knew this or not. If you did, it's worth reminding. If you did not, it's worth noting that Satan himself was of the highest rank of all of the angels ever created. Higher in position than even Michael and Gabriel. But again, it was Satan's pride that caused his downfall. And then Satan, of course, by only his manipulative, deceptive spirit, was able to manipulate one-third of all of heaven's angels to come with him. And those rebellious angels became and now serve as demons. To understand about this enemy is that He's not this commercialized enemy. He is a powerful, strong, fierce, 
entity. The Bible said in verse 14 that Satan was a cherub angel. I thought about this, but what does a cherub angel really look like? I think if you were to ever see an angel, they may frighten you in a sense because they are not these cute little chubby angelic weaned baby looking creatures that sit in the you know the aisle way of cvs or walmart during valentine's day no a cherub in particular satan is enormous in their size they are enormous in their power they are enormous in their strength every single night every night i take kimberly by the hand We sit down beside Lakeland, our three-year-old, his big boy bed. And we pray a good night's prayer. And every night, Lakeland has it down verbatim, we invite the angels of God to encamp themselves around our home to protect our family from the spiritual battle that we cannot see with our own eyes. Just as real as you are sitting in this very room, there is a supernatural world that is waging war against you. We call on these angels because they are fierce beings. Now, to give you some mathematics, every cubit measures out to be one and a half feet or 18 inches in height. So some theologians, they got together and through the book of Revelation and what was descriptive writing in Ezekiel, they began to measure in feet just how big these demons and just how big Satan himself might actually be. How tall is the enemy? So these theologians, after formulating this mathematical equation, they discovered that Satan and his demons could approximately be somewhere between 16 and 18 feet in height. 18 feet tall. Now Satan and likely a number of his demons, they have wingspans of over 8 feet in length and under each of those they have four different wings the bible says in ezekiel chapter 10 verse number 8 you can look through the scripture for future reference but that under these four wings are what looks like the hands of man not only do they have four wings but they also have four faces that's ezekiel 10 verse 21 and you got to imagine how frightened ezekiel was when he was recording all of this that was played out in chapter 10 It is possible through Ezekiel chapter 10, verse number 12, that Satan and all of his angels, which are these demons, are completely covered from head to toe, front and back with eyes everywhere. Read read the scripture. This isn't my writings. This is theirs. It's possible that their entire body, including their back, their hands, their wings, their faces, are full of eyes. Their four faces are the faces of a cherub, which is an angel, a man, an eagle, and a lion. Now if you go to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, we see that similar creatures, or the angels that may have fallen alongside of Satan, they had six wings. Six different wings. One of them looked like a lion. Another wing looked like an ox. One wing looked like a man. And another of a flying eagle. 
I don't tell you all of that, church, this morning to scare you. But I tell you this to inform you that we are in a war. We are in a battle. And the enemy, his plan and his purpose is to destroy you and devour you. Quit allowing the enemy to walk up in your home. Quit allowing the enemy to walk up in your relationships. You've got the power and the authority to rebuke the devil, to cast out demons, and to walk in freedom to walk in freedom now i'm i'm working on this message on friday morning and again some saturday morning and as i'm typing out some of these descriptions and physical attributes of the enemy i felt a sense of fear in my heart never have i really realized how powerful the enemy is My hands kind of got a little nervous and my stomach felt like butterflies were on the inside. And in that moment, I realized no wonder my family is going through what we're going through. No wonder life has been so very difficult because on my forehead is a bullseye. The enemy does not like JC. The enemy does not like those who have professed their faith in Jesus. And here's why. Because you become a target. You're a threat to the kingdom. So the enemy unleashes all of his power and all of his abilities to take you out, to literally wipe you off the face of the planet. And I'm sitting there with fear in my heart. And all of a sudden, God is my witness. I'm too afraid of God to lie to you. The Holy Spirit walked up into my office and asked me this question. JC, yes, Lord, how big is your God? How big is your God? How powerful is your God? I wish I could say that without hesitation. I just begin to throw things out left and right, but it took me a moment. But after the moment passed, I sat back in my, you know, uh, office seat. I pulled my keyboard back out. And I begin to type. And I begin to type, God, you want to ask me how big you are? You already know. But may it be a help to you and I that God is big enough to be the Alpha and the Omega all the way from the beginning to the very end. He's big enough to be from A to Z. He's big enough to be the Almighty One. He's big enough to be the Anointed One. He's big enough to be the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's big enough to be the Bishop of Souls and the Bread of Life. He's big enough to be Christ and Christ alone. Somebody say amen. JC, how big is your God? He's big enough to be the chief cornerstone and Emmanuel, which is God with us. He's big enough to be the everlasting father, the good shepherd. He's big enough to be the great physician that's never lost a patient. Somebody help me out. How big is your God? God, you are so big that you are the great I am. That's how big he is. He's big enough to be Jehovah. Jehovah's who? Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Jehovah Sidkenu, your righteousness. Jehovah Nisi, your banner. He's big enough to be Jehovah Shalom, your peace. That's how big our God is. He's big enough to be Jesus. 
He's big enough to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's big enough to be Master and Messiah and Savior and Servant. How big is your God? God is so big that He can be the Son of David, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Son of Mary, and the Son of the Most High. He's big enough to be the way, the truth, and the life. How big is God? He's big enough to be God all by Himself. Somebody say amen. I said back a little bit more uh, bold. As soon as I got done typing, the Holy Spirit then asked me, Now, how big is your enemy? And it took me a moment, but not quite long, until I literally pushed the keyboard away from me. I stood up from my office desk, and I said, How big is my enemy? He's only 18 feet tall. Somebody help me out. He's only 18 feet. So what does that mean? The problems in your health, they're only 18 feet tall. Somebody hear me preach. The problems in your finances, although they may seem astronomical, they're only 18 feet tall. The problems in your marriage, they're only 18 feet tall. The problems with the kids, with the youngins, they're only 18 feet tall. How big is your God? He's a whole lot taller than 18 feet He's a whole lot stronger. How big is our enemy compared to God? He is small in his ability and small in his capacity. If you don't get anything else this morning, here's what you need to understand. God, when he wired you with the DNA of his kingdom on the inside, he did not create you to quit. He created you to fight. There is a warrior on the inside of you. And God did not create for you to throw in the proverbial towel. God created for you to stand up on your own two feet through the power of the Holy Spirit. And do not quit. Do not give up. Don't relent. But you fight the enemy with everything that you've got. Somebody say amen. You, you know what? Don't take it too far. Give it to me. There we go. We're going back up to the stage. Let me tell you this right here. Uh, I am tired and frustrated at Christians that think that we are a bunch of weak, anemic, feeble, mamsy, pansy group of people. We are not weak. We are not feeble. We are not defeated. You know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me? Is that you will no longer, after this morning, you will no longer be the victim, but you will be victorious through Jesus Christ. Soraba. Hallelujah. You're in a battle. You're in a war, and the enemy is shooting all of these bullets at you. Ephesians 6 calls them fiery darts. Not only are these fiery darts coming your way, but then he's laid out all of these landmines, hoping that you'll just take one step off course and then poof. Not only are these fiery darts in play and landmines set up, but his artillery is loaded with weapons of mass destruction. He's looking to take you out. But I've come by 
just to encourage somebody, you ought to put one foot in front of the other. You ought to get your eyes fixated on the cross. You need to stop worrying about what your little 18-foot-tall enemy can do to you and be reminded that there is a God that defeated Satan, that when he went down to the pits of hell, he took the keys to death hell. Somebody help me preach that through Jesus Christ, you've got the power and authority to rebuke the devil. Don't give up. Don't quit. When I read this Bible from cover to cover, I don't see any place in here that says serving Jesus will be easy. God doesn't say, follow me and everything will be okay. But time and time again through his writings, he says, I know it'll be a challenge. I know it will be difficult, but I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. It's better for you, he says, that I go because I can give to you the Holy Spirit, which is power, the dunamis power to overcome the traps of the enemy. I know that it won't be easy, but JC, it'll be worth it. Don't give up because there is coming a great reward. He doesn't say that it'll be easy, but he promises time and time again that those who remain in in their faith. Those who don't give up. Those that don't quit. They will inherit the kingdom of God. They will inherit heaven. Somebody say amen. Don't quit. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy. He never promised that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never promised you a victory without fight. But he said help would always come on time church you hear me this morning you will no longer be the victim you will be victorious through jesus let me let me transition for a second just as some teaching because this greek word really got my attention this week exousia or exousia it literally means that you why owe you You possess power. You possess the authority. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor JC? Well, let me explain it to you this way. Uh, In Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13. Hear me out for a second. The Bible tells us that when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that you were delivered from the power or the dominion of Darkness. Now that word power is literally translated as authority. You have been delivered from the power or the authority of darkness and God has placed you into his kingdom. That you were transitioned from the power and dominion of darkness. You were placed now after your salvation into the kingdom of God. Now go to Matthew chapter 28. The Bible says, Jesus says, All power. Somebody say all power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Here's what you got to know. If you're taking notes, you ought to write this down because this is good meat for later on. That same power, that same power was given to you as a part of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Because you are now in him. You have entered into this position of authority. Once you ask Jesus to come into your life, you were removed from the darkness and now you're seated in a position of authority. Let me ask you a rhetorical question. Don't answer aloud because I'm setting you up, okay? Why did Jesus 
come to earth as a man? Why did God send His Son in the form of human? He came to recapture the authority that was lost through Adam in the garden through his disobedience. What do they call the Christ? The last Adam. God, when He created us, when He created Adam and Eve, He gave them power and authority. But through disobedience, they lost their position of power and authority to sin. Sin stole the power. Sin took the authority. And then God said, you know what? That's not how I planned this out. Let me send my son so that we can succeed all the power back so that now you can possess the same exact type of power. How did Jesus succeed in securing this power? Well, he went to the cross. He died on the cross. Not only did He die on the cross, but He died a horrible, brutal death. On that cross, He suffered the penalty of all of the sins of humanity, yet He didn't commit one. After taking all of the sins on Him and being crucified, then He went down to the pit. And in the pit, He squared off with Satan, one-on-one, one-on-one, in a battle of the ages in an all-out cage match and let me tell you church that the devil got his tail whooped by jesus somebody say amen and upon that victory jesus secures that power and authority he takes the power he takes the authority and then this is what he does he gives it to us he gives us back the power He gives us back the authority. He gives us back the exousia. For us to all you have to do is believe in Him and accept Him. Here's what you got to understand. Look, accepting Jesus' work at Calvary is not enough. We have a bigger responsibility. There's a bigger obligation. Mark chapter 16, the Bible says this. And before we get there, let me tell you that Mark 16, these writings were not intended for the early church alone. These words are the last words that Jesus speaks to his disciples, uh, or the words that he speaks to his disciples, rather, after his resurrection. And literally, he lays out the ministry and the mission of the New Testament church. He tells them, this is how I want the church to be. This is how I'd like the church to function. Now, we've got all of these, and there's nothing against any, any kind of church out there. Everybody has a different philosophy of ministry. But we have all of these churches that are trying to be so uh, progressive and contemporary in their mission and, and, their, and their ministry. It's simple. It's very, very simple. Christ lays it out for us. And he says this. He says in verse number 15 of Mark 16. And I'm going King James, okay? Because in youth, I don't get to do King James. So this is going to be a lot of fun for us to be really grown up and mature. Go ye into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now here it is. And these signs shall follow them. Don't don't skip ahead, Mike. Stay right there. Go back for I'm not giving away the answer yet. 
these signs shall follow them that believe. Let me ask you. Now, this is not rhetorical. Are there any believers in this house? Are there any believers in this sanctuary? Come on, if you're a believer, you ought to testify to the goodness of God. Are you ready? If you're a believer, here's the power, here's the authority, here's the exousia that you get to have in my name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In my name, they shall cast out devils. You know what? We've got a lot of people walking around with medication in their system. You hearing me? That what they need is, it's not schizophrenia, it's not some medically, you know, uh, prescribed issue. No, no, no. The enemy, they've set themselves up. They've been infiltrated by a demonic spirit. But in his name, you've got the power and the authority to say, come out! Let me tell you, I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit reminded me of this. Remember when Jesus came uh, to the demon-possessed man and the demons begin to cry out. They begin to cry out and what do they say? Send us to the... The pigs. Send us to the pigs. Hello? Enemy, you're a liar in the power and the authority of Jesus. This battery will work. And if it don't work, Jesus didn't need a microphone and people still found him. But I'm not Jesus, so help me with the mic. Here we go. Send me to the swine. So Jesus was kind and what did he do? Sent them to the pigs. And the Bible says that when they were filled, you know, with these demons, the pigs ran off the edge of the cliff. They fell into the water and then they drowned. You know what I told Kimberly this week? You know what that story proves to me? Demons cannot swim. She said, I don't understand. I said, let me paint it to you like this, baby. I said, the Bible says in the book of John that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living All of this demonic talk, listen to me. You get filled with the living water, you ain't got to worry about nothing. Because demons cannot swim. Somebody hear me out. In my name, you shall cast out devils. They shall speak with what? Oh, come on, church. They'll speak with what? They shall take up. Uh-huh. Y'all better go on down to the pet store today. Grab you a snake. Let me know how that goes because I ain't going to be there. If they drink any deadly thing, what? It will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and what will happen? They shall... The devil is good. Give me some more. Give me some lows and then crank this baby up. The devil might be good, but we got about four or five microphones that he's going to have to work through before he shuts this boy up. In my name. That is so strong. Give me some lows. Watch it. Watch what he says. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I pray that you hear me this morning. God has equipped all of the believers to overcome the power of Satan. He's only 18 feet tall. The God that we worship, the God that we serve is so much bigger. You want to walk around in my name. 
in my name through the name of Jesus. Devil, you are defeated. You know, you know what you need to do today? You ought to go home. You ought to get you some anointing oil. If you don't have any anointing oil, Crisco oil will work just fine. Walk around your house. Tell the devil, get out of my house. You're not welcome here anymore. You know what you ought to do today? You ought to go home, eat you some dinner, get you some lunch, take your medical bills, throw them down on the table, take the same anointing or Crisco oil, sprinkle all over it, and tell them, devil, you are a liar. Whose report do I believe? I believe the report of the Lord. You ought to tell your young son or daughter that's back-talking you in disobedience, you ought to tell them, devil! Come on out and then go to your room. Yeah. Why do you walk around with your head hugged down low? You've got the power. You've got the authority to overcome the attacks of the enemy. You've got your God-given right to use this power, to use this authority, and command the devil that he shall be bound. Somebody say amen. You've got the power, you've got the authority to tell the devil, get out, you must leave, depart from me. You've got the power, you've got the authority. You ought to tell the devil, you ought to look, he's got enough eyes for you to look at him. Pick one of those beady little eyes, square off with him and say, you will not, you will not penetrate you will not penetrate my situation any longer. You will not attack my family any longer. You will not attack my health any longer. You will not attack my finances any longer. And then the devil's going to say, who do you think you are? And that's where you want him to be. Because then you can remind him, I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. Devil be gone Sokoraba I, I got to hurry exercising your authority in the name of Jesus will expel the devil's influences use your power use your authority bind the devil the bible says in Luke chapter 10 and he replied I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Watch verse 19. But I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. To what? To overcome all of the what? Power of the enemy. Read this together. Nothing. Then why are you so afraid. 365 different times in God's writing does he reference fear or fear not. I'm not the greatest mathematician, but I believe that's one for every day of this year. If it's in God's word one time, it's significant. If it's in there 365 times, hello. Nothing will harm you. Now, I almost left out verse 20, Pastor Jeff. And then the Holy Spirit kind of reminded me as to why it's there. However, don't rejoice that the spirits... What do they do? Even verse 20 recognizes for us the fact that you have the power and authority 
for all of the demons and Satan himself to submit to, no, 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 you, to submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I'm almost done. You got a few more minutes? This is, this is what, this is what I am telling to Satan. All right? And I understand that, you know, be careful what you ask for. He's only 18 feet tall. I mean, what, what's he going to do? So, well, what happens? I get sick in body and I die? Because to die is gain. What's the, oh, he can throw some little fiery dart. Look, what's he going to do? Come against my marriage? She ain't going nowhere, y'all. Uh-uh. She ain't going nowhere. You know why? Because I'm not going to let her get far enough away that the enemy can come in between. Help me out. What's he going to do? Cause stress and anxiety in my family? Then all we need is rest. Because then when we come back, there's going to be a greater whoop, glory. What's going to happen? So I'm telling the devil, you want to go? You want to go? Now, I know this isn't scripture, but I think it's appropriate. In the words of Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble! Here's what I'm telling the devil. And you ought to take this same power and this same authority. Devil, you shall not pass. Crank up that volume, Stephen. Let him spill it in their gut. Fire. You know the flame, Madonna. Dark fire will never avail you. Flame of Udon. Go back to the shadow. three. You shall not pass. You ready? One, two, three. You shall not pass. Come on, do it again. You Come on, one more time. Enough is enough. I'm done. I'm done playing games with you, Satan. I'm done allowing you to creep into my different areas of my life. I am determined to use my power, to use my authority in the name of Jesus to stop being the victims and start being victorious. You shall not pass. You shall not pass. You shall not pass. You shall not pass. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I feel like I could walk on water right now. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, a very familiar scripture when it comes to spiritual warfare. 
The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 explains every piece of the armor in detail how this whole armor is what's needed to withstand. You're about to see it on the screen, but here's what you need to know. Not once does Paul, in the writings of Ephesians 6, not once does he say that God will put the armor on you. Not once does he say that God will fight the devil for you. Not one time does he say it. You. Y-O-U. You. Somebody say I. I. That's right. You and I is the understood subject of these verses in Ephesians 6. Look at it on the screen. You be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, you put on the whole armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you... Are you getting this? so that you may be able to stand your ground and after you, my God, have done everything to stand. Church, God has given you the power. He's given you the authority in His name to stand against Satan and to stand against the destructive works of the enemy. You... God has provided you the armor that you need to go fight this battle. But it is your responsibility as a believer to put on that armor and to fight the devil. Stop asking God to fight the enemy for you. You can defeat the devil. Somebody say amen. The armor, the weapons, they're at your disposal. God is right there with you to back his word. But all of that is worthless unless you take your position of exousia. Your position of power. Your position of authority. Very emotional Tuesday, staff, wasn't it? It was hard for me even to get words out. But the words that I could muster up, I said this I hate the devil. Anybody ever said that? I hate the devil. And Pastor Jeff, with tears in his eyes, he looked across that desk and he said, JC, actually, he said, Pastor JC, I mean this with all due respect, but the devil doesn't care how much you hate him. What you have to do is take your position of power and authority and rebuke the enemy. And that was it. That sealed this word for this morning. We, church, are taking our position of power and authority. The devil will no longer win. Somebody say amen. amen. James 4, 7. You resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You have the power, you have the authority to take the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and you run Satan out of your life. Run them out of your affairs. Tell them to be gone. Here's what I want to do.
If you're here this morning and you would say, I am in a battle and I have felt defeated, I have felt deflated, I have felt like the victim, but I am ready through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the name of Jesus, to take my position of authority and to bind the devil, rebuke the enemy, let him know that I am ready for battle and I am determined to leave this place victorious through Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you stand to your feet? Come on, if that's you, would you stand to your feet? You're ready for freedom. You're ready for victory. You're ready to be an overcomer. You ready? We're going to sing this song. See, what we do in church is we get caught up and I need to pray. The pastor's got to pray for you. Not today. Today you take the authority. If there are issues in your life, issues in your situation, issues in your walk with Jesus, whatever it may look like, you take your position of authority and you bind the devil. Some of you ought to pray so hard that you lose your vocal cords. Some of you ought to pray so hard that sweat begins to pour down from your brow. Don't you leave here defeated. Not today. You are victorious. Come on. If that's you, would you lift up both of your hands? Would you lift up both of your hands? Come on. There's power Come on. in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. To break every chain. No. 
Now, we're stepping out a little further. If you want this ultimate freedom, you don't want to deal with the nonsense of the devil anymore. On the count of three, you want to come to this altar. The prayer team is coming as well. If you can stay for just a few more moments, I won't bore you. We'll leave together. I want to do something I didn't do in the first service. If you'll stick around with me, okay? If that's you and you're ready to defeat the devil, to take your position of power and authority, on the count of three, get to this altar. You ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You ready? One, two, three. Come on, move, 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 move. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.